Welcome to Talent Buzz, where I talk with SaaS companies on how they are doing talent acquisition. On today's episodes, I'm talking with Aku, founder of Arthos app, on how they scaled their team to 20 people and what they learned on the way when hiring the best possible talent for Arthos. We start today's episode from the beginning. They were actually working on their tool as a side hustle for two years before hopping into the full time. So let's start by asking Aku, what made them hop full time for the business? Yeah, basically, uh, I think it all uh, results from where we actually started. So um, at the very beginning, it was just me and three of my friends kind of got tired of of work life or if, if not tired at least kind of felt like is this it like is there anything more we could do um so we founded the company first and then then we didn't even have any business idea or anything we just felt like we have a uh, competent group of people that could build uh many things and and then uh we pondered on on different ideas for for a while uh maybe a few weeks and and then um this idea of this legal legal tech startup kind of was the most intriguing for us. And, and um, there were still like many question marks on, on this topic. Like, is it actually possible? Can we, can we do it? Can we automate something um, that has been kind of traditionally very expertise job, very uh, job that requires the professional to be there and, and for that reason, we wanted to try it out. So, so we built our first service. We put it out. We had no idea if anybody wanted it. We didn't understand if it could actually work. Um, so for the first um, two years, as you said, we, we then basically for worked uh, part-time on this idea. We developed new products to the platform and kind of prototyped and, and uh, built the proof of concept that this works. And, and the turning point for us, like when we then eventually uh, jumped full time was actually when, when we understood that this business case is, is a solid one. This is a area where you can have a business on, but we just need to uh, develop it a little bit further. So we need to have this more platform like uh mentality and and we wanted to also kind of spin the brand around and and build something bigger and uh we we built a a kind of a plan for autos and and then based on the proof of concept that we had uh for the past two years uh we were able to raise the first funding round uh and and with the funding round we were able to also jump full time on on the idea so we were kind of a little bit different than many many startups i think uh, there's at least this kind of an idea that when you're a startup founder you need to job, uh, kind of jump full time from the beginning you have to be fully invested uh take the risk on the day one and i think at least for us it was kind of the opposite we felt like we want to iterate the idea first and then when we feel like we have actually found something that we feel like investing our time. We, we did it. So, so that's why. Yeah. 
I, I actually agree on on that one. For example, if I think about talent being kind of how we founded the company, you know, we plan things for I think eight months before kind of launching the company, and we used to work in our our day day jobs in the in the same time. Did a few pilot projects, built some processes, built some kind of brand and hype around uh, the company, and then kind of when you launch it, it was kind of easy because you have those kind of cash flows coming in straight from the day number one and then there isn't that that big of a risk so i i really like that that approach for, for the founders you you had i i feel like there's a lot of SaaS companies where the founders are either kind of super technical or kind of super commercial ones so kind of from from your founders where you all all the other other side or did you have a combination of kind of technical founders and more commercial founders um well of course like we were four founders so so um, that uh, at least ha- brings the opportunity to kind of have broad um, talent set as well or skill set. And, and with us, we 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 were kind of tech uh, focused uh, in many ways. We had two uh, developers and and then one uh, lawyer who actually also had some uh, development experience. So that kind of uh, makes us lean a little bit to the tech side. Uh, but then again, like. Uh, besides the lawyer, I'm I'm also uh, one of the non-technical founders, uh, having fully just um, business background. I have worked for the past eight years before uh, autos even uh, purely in tech. So um, I also do have some connections to tech, but I think we had quite diverse uh, skill set from the beginning and it was one of the benefits we had. So um, we could be very hands-on on many things and, and could actually and still can execute a lot of stuff with the uh, like the initial core team as well. Yeah, sounds like a good combination. When was the moment you realized that hey, now now we need to hire our first employee? What was the time and kind of how how did you realize that? Well, basics for our, us for us. Um, it was a little bit different. I I think that many startups think and startup founders think that. Um, the the kind of the number of employees this is the matter of uh, metric of success and and the more people you hire the more successful you are and everybody has this great mentality that hey uh, to have a big company you need to have hundreds of people working there and for us from the beginning we wanted to be very efficient so everything was automating what professionals already are doing and and then. Um, actually realizing that we need to hire somebody was more when we understood and we had a some obstacle that we didn't have skills to fix. So in our case, it was um, trying our wings abroad. So so opening our Swedish operations, uh, we didn't understand the Swedish law. We didn't know the language properly. We didn't know the market. So it was obvious that we do need to hire someone and we're not just looking extra pair of hands, but we're looking for someone who is bringing uh, competence to the team that we don't have. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier when we're going to prepare for, for these episodes that equity isn't salary. And I think a lot of SaaS founders out there are kind of trying to bring people in by offering some kind of equity for them. Of course, kind of if you have raised a uh, round of funding, it is easier to kind of pay, pay kind of 
market salary for people. But can you share a bit more about kind of that thought? I think kind of the equity uh, part works very well for very early startups. Like when you only have the idea, you haven't, you don't have a business case. You don't even have, you don't have any revenue. You don't really have money to pay the salaries, but after you do, um, I think it's a very easy way to kind of um, hit yourself in the foot to uh, to offer equity instead of uh, like proper salaries. And, and why I think so is that I think salary has like two very core um, benefits and core meanings. And one of them is actually communicate uh, as a company how much you value that person. Um, I think that's a kind of a, very easy way to communicate the value and communicate it over time. So salary is something you can always keep up to date and, and that way kind of prove your um, value, uh, how much you value the person. And, and then the second, even more important part is that we and I, I would want our employees to be fully focused on doing excellent job. And to be able to do that, you have to have, the least amount of other external stressors. So basically, if you're coming to work stressed about your personal life, stressed about your bill, stressed about, oh, I would want to go on a holiday, but I don't have any money, that will eventually make them uh, less efficient in work at work and too focused on these little problems that they have. So um, equity is very good to get people committed to your company uh, in the long term and also kind of spread, spread the rewards, but at the same time, you're spreading risk and, and people, not everybody works well under pressure and under risk. So um, I think by paying people at least what they're worth um, gives them more freedom to do a better job. Yeah, I agree on that one. Do you, do you still have some kind of op- option pro- program for your employees currently? Yes. Uh, so basically, every every employee we have, uh, all of them own own part of the company. So that is still uh, important to us as well. But that doesn't kind of cover the salary. So that's just an extra. That's the way we make them feel that they are part of the company. Make them feel that their uh, presence and their ideas matter. And and the better we do, they can also benefit from it uh, in the future. Yeah. Has it been challenging? Kind of, you're now four four founders, as you mentioned. I'm actually doing an episode with uh, founder of Swarmia Otto uh, next week, yeah. and uh, for example, in Swarmia's case, Otto is actually the only founder. And one of the benefits he has noticed from that one is that it's been kind of easier to give kind of proper equity for the employees. But now, when you are kind of only four people, has it been a challenging for you kind of give that equity out yeah um there might be something there like i i understand where otto is coming from uh, obviously you have more room to give equity mm, of course that being said we we still kind of we didn't meet, need to hire people that fast because we had the core team already there and and still all of our founders are um, fully operationally like committed to what we do. So um, I think like they are kind of still contributing to everything we do so much that I, I, I think there's like benefit to bo- benefits to both. 
And what it actually boils down into is that no matter if you start alone or you start as a team, you still need that core team. Like you still need to give that equity to someone. You still need those uh, 10, 20 uh, first key employees and you need to select them well and you need to um, make them committed and, and, and so on. Yeah, I agree. I agree on that one. In the beginning, kind of when when building the kind of core team, there isn't room for kind of free riders and you kind of really want to mm. build the best possible team, hire the best possible people. Can you share a bit, bit more kind of how do you validate candidates? How do you make sure that you get the best best possible talent to join join your team? Well, that's of course uh, I have to say is one of the most difficult tasks. Like I, I think every startup uh, founder and team has. Um, for us, um, we can basically start from what I mentioned earlier that we only hire when we need some competence that we don't have, and and I think that's a very good starting point and should be kind of the framework within which you always compare the candidates uh, to. So, so you have to kind of see that that person will, would bring something that you don't currently have. And they, you need to basically, what everybody always says, like hire somebody who's better than you, but it may not be so simple and easy to see every time. But what is easy to see is that, is this person actually delivering something that I cannot do or we as a team cannot do. So, um, at least for us, like always remembering we're not hiring extra pair of hands. We're hiring the talent. Um, then again, kind of being very open about our company, the expectations we have, the quality of the other team, the existing team already. Uh, what is the quality of that team? And then um, kind of being very straightforward uh, that, hey, this is what we would expect from you. Do you think you can deliver and then have open discussions um, and then some small things like, um, we don't really use, uh, much like ready set questions to our interviews, but rather try to tailor them to each candidate. Of course, we talk about the same themes, the things that we need to figure out, but we try to understand what are the, uh, the kind of pros and cons of this specific candidate and try to deep dive into that person and understand how would they fit the team and what would be the actual value? Not just like qualifying that person against the other candidates, but actually trying to find out if they bring value to our team. And if, if they don't bring enough value and we cannot find a person that can, then it's maybe not time to recruit someone. So rather not recruit than hire somebody that isn't actually 100% valuable at this time. Yeah, it's... It's always kind of hard to make that decision that, hey, let's not hire anyone when your team members are kind of fully booked and you really would need someone. But still, I believe it's it's better to wait for a month or two, two rather than kind of bring in the wrong wrong person because that, that can affect on things very, very well. Absolutely. I, I think the, the biggest thing is that uh, how we understood it is that um, especially like uh, in a case like ours, uh, we do something that is not like um, so typical. We cannot hire people that have done this before. So we can hire very talented uh, developers. We can hire very talented lawyers. 
customer service, whatever we may, we may need. But the actual uh, training period is still quite intensive. So it takes a lot of effort from the existing team and, and kind of understanding and learning how much time it actually it takes um, really emphasizes the fact that we need to really be fully on board on the recruitment to to be ready to make the investment uh, in time. Yeah, exactly. Re- regarding the investment, I, I remember when I did my first hires and it was super surprising for me, like how much time does one recruitment take? And I, I feel like that's the situation basically with everyone when they start to do more more and more recruitments. And I, I know that was the case with, with you as well, kind of a little bit surprising, like, hey, this really, really takes time. But what, what were the kind of parts that were surprising for you? Like, hey, well, this part takes really much time or kind of was there time where you're going to notice that, hey, I'm wasting super much of time for, for example, this particular part of the recruitment process? Basically, um, I think um, two things. Um, firstly, the planning. Like you cannot just like put an ad out and then um, go to the interview, but you need to be, you need to have a plan uh, how you approach this recruitment. You need to understand how you're act- who you are actually recruiting and what is the position that you're actually trying to fill. Not just like the uh, job ad, but like yeah, on a broader terms, like what are you looking for? Um, then you need to prepare for each interview and uh, you kind of need to be uh, up to date with the process all the time. So it's uh, sometimes it actually takes like real time, but also what it takes a lot is kind of your focus. So you need to be kind of, um, it's it's usually a process of several weeks, even sometimes months. And during that time, it's going to, require quite a lot of focus from you um and and i think that kind of was a little bit surprising to us as well like i think we we did know that it will take time and it's not it's going to be difficult but how much energy it's also going to consume was was a little bit surprising yeah yeah has it been uh, now if you think about you'll be making a lot of a lot of hires but for example if you think about the differences when making let's say the first or second hire and now, for example, the latest hire you you have done, kind of have you learned a lot about kind of recruitment, and have you kind of been able to streamline the process? And nowadays, it's kind of easier to make make those decisions. Yeah, I think uh, we have learned a lot. I think we have become way uh, how would I put it nicely stricter in in. Um, like what is the required level? Um, not because we have done poor hires, I think quite the opposite. Like we've seen that the people we found are very good. Um, but like we have also understood how lucky we've been to actually land on them. So so um, we cannot like take all the credit of the great team we built, but I think there's also a lot of luck and kind of word to mouth and, and connections that we've used, which have to be contributed uh, the credit as well. So I think we have in that sense, like become way more efficient. We have more processes uh, in place. Of course, these are something that you can even cannot have and shouldn't have when you're hiring your first people. And, and But also like, I think the practice has changed a little bit in, in the other way that, um, 
when we are hiring the first person or the first persons, um, we are looking for very talented people who are also kind of generalists. So people that can do more than would be asked for from the maybe the 18th or the 19th or the 20th employee. And I'm not talking that they are doing more, but they are they have interest and skills and, and vision to work on a broader field because uh, the further you get, the more specialized jobs you're looking to fill. And when you're at the very beginning, you're usually looking to expand your core team with people who are ready to do what it takes, um, whatever the task is ahead of you. Yeah. One, one thing that I've noticed that is kind of changing while well, a SaaS company is growing are kind of the people who are participating in the recruitment process from the kind of company's end. And typically, of course, kind of during the first recruitments, founders want to be involved. So the question regarding on that one, kind of, are you personally still involved in all the recruitments? And then kind of, if yes, when do you see that kind of you would stop using time for that one and kind of let others handle the recruitment without participating to that? Um, I would say, uh, I'm still, uh, heavily involved in, in, uh, all the process, uh, recruitment processes we have, um, at this time, I would say it's only at one, some point that I am, uh, so it's, it's not all the time, but, um, so, so I usually attend to at least one interview each time. And I, I still think that it's a very important role for me, me to have, um, in general, because, um, I think the role of a CEO is actually to, to, um, hire the best team, um, and make, then make them work, uh, the best they can. So by, by kind of being the enabler, being, uh, the person that, uh, makes their job easier. And for that reason, I don't necessarily even see if I have more important role to, than to, Kind of affects uh, affect how how the team works and who is included in the team. Interesting, interesting. I I just had a chat with uh, founder of Vainu, Mikko about that one, and Mikko also shared that he participated in some some recruitment process. Still, I think there are now one hundred and thirty people. But what Mikko shared was actually that Mikko is not participating kind of in the validation like at all but let's kind of team leads and those people make the decision but the role is actually more about kind of providing all the necessary information for the candidate and kind of show the candidate that hey you are important for us and kind of it, it kind of turned from validation to actually selling because i think that is something you really need to do nowadays as as well because there is going to be competition on the on the best best talents in the market. Yeah, that's actually I think very good uh, observation, and and that is I think already true in our case uh, with around twenty employees. That at the end of the day, it's still always the hiring manager who makes the call, um, and mainly my role usually is to kind of try to tell about our company and try to kind of, as you told, sell us. But uh, I think in this case, like selling is not always just about trying to present the best side of our company, but also being straightforward and kind of trying to 
build a rapport with the with the um, candidates and and kind of trying to see if our company and the culture are really a fit. So I think um, obviously like on the kind of team lead level, everybody is still like very um, focused in finding a person that would complement their team, but also they have the other requirements that they need to fill. So the talent requirements. And, and then I think me being involved and discussing more about the kind of the vision fit um, and not so much kind of being uh, trying to qualify the, the candidate but trying to be honest to them and trying to kind of um, have an open discussion brings them the most value yeah i i agree that kind of being transparent and talking about those hard things is important as well we, we actually had a chat with one one potential candidate to join our team yesterday uh, she's in a final final stage, and I, I had that chat with our our co-founder Sara, and Sara was kind of doing uh, this <laughs> kind of selling like, hey, why you should join our team, what things you could learn, and then in the end end of that one, Sara said that hey, I feel like I'm selling selling too much, and asked me that hey, Samuel, can you scare the candidate a bit? Like, can you share the bad stuff about our company, the hard stuff? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think it's important to do that one as as well because like no one wins if someone joins your company and then the kind of day-to-day life isn't what you kind of shared them with and i think this is well this is important for both big companies and small companies but for example in this case that person has mostly been working in a big, bigger companies and we are a startup so kind of really sharing super super openly like the bad things about startup the kind of real life what what it will be things changing all the time all all that so i i think super good point on on being transparent yeah and i i think like um in in these cases like when you're hiring as a startup or a small company um it's also like if if you have the right candidate it's usually like the things that can be considered kind of the cons actually become positives because if it's the right candidate they are inspired by uh obstacles and problems and and kind of challenges and uh very inspired by the autonomy that you can provide uh when some candidates can be afraid of uh, not getting as much support as you get in the organization where you have like tens of uh, uh colleagues working with you all the time so so i think it's just like um being transparent uh brings out the real nature of the job and then you also ra- find the people who get inspired and motivated by that kind of job yeah yeah speaking of transparency what has been your biggest fuck up kind of regarding people things recruitment things during during your your kind of it's now like five years from the 2018. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I think I need to be a little bit boring here. Um, and I don't la- have like a one single fuck up. And, and maybe that's uh, uh, that has been our biggest challenge, uh, to be honest. Like we haven't fucked up in, in, in those words at all. Like I actually had, uh, it's, it's a few months now, but... It, it kind of stuck to me uh, a chat with another startup founder and, and we talked about recruitment and then 
Um, I hadn't really thought about it that much before. Like we've always been quite demanding, but at the same time, like felt like it's going quite easily. Like we we tend to find the candidates quite easily. And then we had a chat with uh, another founder and, and uh, she told me that actually it is not that easy for them at least. Like they've had to let many people go. They've been struggling with this theme a lot. And, and then it kind of struck me that we've been very lucky with, many of these things we do used a lot of connections but at some point the connections will run out and then we have to make sure that we've actually learned something so so it's very <laughs> very uh, big kind of a, a challenge that if we don't understand that uh we've done very well and and we don't kind of learn from the recruitments we've done uh we would fuck up in the future so so that's why um, I think since then, and looking back from 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 when we when I learned this, uh, I think we've focused way more on learning what we're actually doing, and and that way, kind of, I think our mindset about recruiting uh, has actually developed quite a lot during this year, for example. Yeah. I would say you have kind of clearly done some things right there because kind of I I think it's very very typical to have a lot of lot of challenges in the kind of recruitment and people people side of of things. If if you should kind of give one tip for a kind of fellow founder, uh, let's say that they would have five five people right now and they are scaling kind of towards towards twenty twenty people. Like, what would be the one one tip one learning? that you have had during during the years <laughs> there's quite a few but i i think like um maybe hire only when you need to like hire to the need not because you want to show that you can hire not because you have a possibility to hire um but rather like for example, us, I, I think we always first have looked into how can we develop our tech to not hire people. And then when we need talent, we have hired people. So so kind of being very conservative in hiring. And I, I, I'm quite sure that there are many people that would disagree with me. But um, when it comes to startup, I think it startups, it's kind of a lot about turning uh, investment into fast growth and uh, you can spend a lot of energy and time in in recruitment but I think um, spending that time in recruitment rather hiring the right talent and spending more time on recruiting the the very talented good individuals is way more valuable than spending that time and spreading it around uh, spreading it to hiring five kind of mediocre candidates so kind of being specialized in, in in this area rather than just doing it for the sake of it yeah i i think that's a good tip for kind of this this moment if we look at kind of what is happening on the, the investment market and kind of a lot of investors talking about kind of profitability over growth so i i think this is something that will be changing actually a lot in the up, upcoming mm. years so rather than <laughs> bringing in more, more people, growing that headcount, kind of really thinking about how to make the business growth profitable, how to make sure that you don't do hires that you don't need at that stage, but really, really hire for, for the need. 
Yeah, and and I think in that case also like companies like yours come to play a lot because um, I think many startups uh, usually use uh, they they get some help to recruitment a little bit further in the uh, down the road. But I think if if you really want to focus on it and want to do great hires, you should get all the need you can get and all the need you feel like you uh, all the help you feel like you need as early as possible rather than spending the money in hiring 10 people maybe you spend the money to hire five excellent people and that's a wrap for today's episode thank you so much for listening hopefully you got a lot of good ideas about SaaS talent acquisition if you enjoyed the episode feel free to share it on your social so others can hear it too and if you have a topic in mind that you would like me to cover in this podcast share it with me as well I'm Samuel Lee, CEO and co-founder in Talentfee, where we help fast-growing SaaS companies in their talent acquisition. Make sure to follow us, make sure to follow this podcast, and have an awesome week. Bye-bye.